Do you want to talk about Stripe? I do want to talk about Stripe. Okay. So every every now and then – okay, so this is coming from a layman who is – I've sold things on Stripe, like uh, single single things. Like I've sold tickets for events over Stripe. Oh, really? Um, I've sold – like my FBARS app, that was like, oh, you pay for a report. It, w- it was never recurring. Um, I Every now and then I see an email or – or a tweet, and people talk about how Stripe is really broken for subscriptions. People say that like Stripe is good for getting your your first dollar, but it's not meant for like SaaS businesses. And you and I have had conversations about this in the past, and I feel like I kind of j- just nodded my head and was like, "Yeah, I totally." But like, <laughs> can you can you talk about this again? Because like it, it actually. This seems like a real problem. I mean, like I, I've I've worked on billing code before, and I know how complicated it is. Like, can you speak to to some of those problems again? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I mean, I think it I think it's a big statement to say that it that it's broken. It doesn't work, hmm. right? Because I think everyone makes it work. Yeah, but uh, but I agree. It's it's not smooth. It's not easy. Yeah. So I for Power Importer, I decided to use the hosted checkout. So, okay, so very fast sidebar. Um, I've only used the hosted checkout for Stripe. Okay. Uh, you're not, you don't have to, right? Like you can use their payment nope. intent API. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So it, you can you can create your own forms where you capture credit cards and okay. and then just call their API with that. Okay. And with the Stripe elements, like the credit card never even touches your your server code like it goes straight yeah. to stripe yeah so so you're fully pci compliant yeah okay and i mean it's very easy to use hosted checkout because you don't have to build any of that yourself you can just redirect them somewhere they finish and you and you get re, and they redirect you back and right you get some asynchronous event to say whether it was successful or not yeah exactly and uh, that's it. And they call you. You can set up a webhook, and they call you back with all the events. Yeah. And you can you can process them. Cool. Because because yeah because otherwise if you use Stripe elements then you you gotta you gotta build every single use case. So like sign you know signing up that's simple, but uh, updating the credit card because the expiration date has expired. Um, allowing someone to upgrade or downgrade a plan, cancel. Uh, like you gotta you gotta code every single one of those situations. Like, oh, they wanna they they're they're a business, so they need a copy of the invoice. So you gotta <laughs> you gotta make your own invoices, right? So like, it's a lot of code. So like, the hosted checkout is very attractive for that, knowing that you don't you don't have to do any of those things. You just put a button and send them to to the Stripe server. So it's so it's great for that. Um, but where, so it's really easy to set up, right? You just, just have a bit of server code to, to create that button, to send them to, to the Stripe checkout and then to finish the, the checkout session. And after that, just a webhook that receives all the events and, but it's kind of, you have no control over the interface, the user experience at that point. Right. Right. But, but that's, so, that could be a. I guess from like a speed to market kind of thing, like that's a benefit. Cause like, let's just say the, the experience is fine for the average user. Maybe there's some things you would change if you could, 
but you can't because you've delegated it completely to Stripe. Right. I mean, that's it. It's just the fact that it's out of your hands at that point. You have no control. Um, and I have a customer can have multiple subscriptions. So like they, cause they, it's one subscription per Webflow site that they're syncing to. So, you know, so they start one and then two weeks later, oh, this is, this is easy. I want, I want to use this with my other site. So then they add a, a second subscription. That's easy enough. But now, oh, they want to upgrade one subscription. Um, which one? Because, <laughs> because I don't actually have a way to like, to, to, I, I mean, I could associate the subscription to the, each Webflow site, but then there's no way for, for me to send them to, oh, you need to upgrade this subscription and then send them a link to only go to that subscription to upgrade that one. Like you could just send them to the checkout session and then they have access to everything. Like, so they, they log, they, they land on the Stripe website and then they see they have two subscriptions. And I think now you can add labels to them. Oh, I see. But, but they're still, if they're not careful, they could upgrade the wrong one. Okay. So, so let me say this back to you to make sure I understand. So the idea is that when you create a checkout session for this user, you say, I want you to create a checkout session and maybe you have like an actor ID or something that you give to Stripe. And Stripe says, cool, for this actor ID and for Power Importer Corp or Power Importer Unlimited, I don't know what, <laughs> what Mark Corp is called, but it says, cool, I know that this actor ID has these active subscriptions and you can cancel one, you can upgrade another one. But like you say... If you have done the wiring on your side to say this subscription is this site, they need to know when they land on that page which subscription corresponds to which site. Because if they don't know, exactly. you, they have no idea what they're upgrading or downgrading. Yeah. Or or sometimes I have, like I, I tell them they need to upgrade one of their subscriptions, uh, but then they, they, land, they land on the Stripe checkout and then they go and add a second subscription, like instead of upgrading the one that was there. Because... They could do anything once they're in the checkout process. Like they have access to the whole interface. They could go download their invoices. They can change their credit card, add a new credit card. Uh, so with all these options, there's so many ways for the customer to do the wrong thing. <laughs> and that's the, that's the problem. Like there's no way for you to just say, Oh, you want to cancel this subscription right here? Here's a button. Just cancel it. You know, I s send them to the Stripe checkout and then hopefully they figure out how to cancel it. It's it's easy enough, but I have no control over that interface. And then I guess there's yeah. So in when I worked uh, when I worked at AppDirect, I, I ran the checkout flow. And one of the modular pieces that we always had was have building a multi-step flow. So for example, um, uh, uh, add-ons and cross-selling was always a thing. So it's like, oh, you just bought fuck, I don't know what would you buy. Um, some software. I don't know. You, you bought some, you bought Microsoft 365. That was a big one. And it would be like, cool. So you can, through Microsoft 365, you can also get an email address and you can buy a domain to have that email address uh, attained through. So you can, so by adding, so one of the add-ons was adding a domain and it was, it would add a, a step in the flow. So I don't think Stripe allows for additional collection, or at least I can't remember if during checkout you can be like, "Oh, uh, you're buying uh, you're buying tickets to this event. 
uh, what size shirt do you take or something like that um, as an example? Um, yeah, not for subscriptions. Oh, yeah, sure. But, not for yeah, I mean, there are different subscriptions. Like there is usage base or seat base. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that was one option I considered is cons instead of calling them seats, you call them Webflow sites. <laughs> so uh, they, yeah. they could just add, but that doesn't work well because my customers are often agencies and they're they're setting it up for a client. They're different clients, right? They're not, it's not two seats. It's two different plans for two different clients. Right. And eventually they'll probably transfer it to the client. Uh, I see. Sure. Yeah. It makes a little more sense with their usage. Like instead of checking yeah. it out through seats, because it's like, no, no, like these need to be two separate subscriptions. Yeah. I, I understand. Exactly. Yeah, I they, see that. And with different billing dates. And... Mm -hmm. Totally. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, it's, like I said, it's easy to set up. Uh, my biggest problem is the it's hard to guide a customer to go do something, like go do an action. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's always, you, you can only just send them to the checkout. <laughs> right. So all you need, you need to change your credit card, go to the checkout. You mm -hmm. need to add a subscription. Well, at least add a subscription, you can create a button for that. To add a subscription, you, yeah, right. On your, on your UI, you can be like, here's a button to do the thing you need to do. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like to create a 29 a month plan or a 49 a month plan, like I can have different buttons for each one of those. Okay, and that kind of deep, it, deep links you to the Stripe checkout with the correct plan selected. Exactly, Got it. yeah. But otherwise, to, to all the other things like upgrade a plan or downgrade a plan or cancel a plan, mm -hmm. like when you send them to the checkout, they have to figure out how to do it themselves. Right. Yes, I could create those interfaces but then why why did i use host and checkout in the first place mm -hmm. okay so i'm starting to see this trade-off it's great to be able to delegate all this to stripe and they handle they handle 20 percent. they handle 80 percent of what you need to do but there's it certainly sounds like there's design considerations or like architectural considerations like you're saying i have multiple subscriptions and you, i need to be able to, you need to be able to upgrade one or i need to be able to deep link you to something to have you take the correct action okay yeah but i mean it has its advantages you know they can go and download all their invoices and receipts so i don't i don't have to write that code but the, there there are solutions out there right like that 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 do this that do the billing because i you pay you pay extra anyways for the billing for for subscriptions it's it's an extra 0.5%, I think. So how about things like grandfathering or other things like that? Like, how does that work? Um, yeah, like usually you have to create a, create a new plan. Um, and yeah, you can, you can hide plans. So you can, you can hide the old plans so they don't appear as an option in the checkout. And then, yeah, you would just... You would be shown the if you went to the checkout, you would be shown the plan you're currently on, which is hidden. Um, but you could, if you needed to upgrade or if you needed to cancel or something like that, you would have the ability. Yeah, exactly. I see. But yeah, thankfully you can also you could hide it, so someone can't just go to the checkout and then say, "No, I don't want that plan. I want this, you know, <laughs> legacy plan that I see over here. It's cheaper." Now, there's a big caveat that a lot of the problems I had, they've actually like. Stripe has actually reached out to me sometimes when I tweeted about them. Yeah, yeah, and I've I've actually had uh, calls with them, and and some of the things they've added. So they've added this option to 
to add a label to a subscription that the user sees when they go to the Stripe checkout. They can see their subscriptions and they see whatever label you added to each one. So I could say that this one is for your website A and this one's for your website B. Yeah, I, I've been thinking about this because, yeah, it, like I was saying, it pops up on my radar now and then that people have some complaints about subscription management. Like they, I've heard people say things like, Stripe is not great for subscribe for SaaS businesses, even when it comes down to things like what are what is my MRR? Like you need a tool to yeah. be able to tell you things like that um, and that there's lots of opportunities in there for improvements. So, um, yeah, it's it's very interesting to to think about some of the problems that SaaS businesses have with their, yeah, like subscription management, just dealing with Stripe overall. Yeah. The other thing is because you're sending them to the Stripe checkout, uh, there's no way for you to know it, like which sales tax you need to charge them because you don't you don't actually have their address yet. So you usually you so you decide it kind of stuck. You have to use the Stripe tax module, which is an, an extra fee. Uh, so hmm. then you you know tack that on. So yeah, so whenever people say, "Oh, Stripe is so cheap," it's two point nine percent plus thirty cents. It's, I don't know anyone who pays that. Like right. <laughs> that is like this tiny little use case of an American company charging an American customer. Sure. No subscriptions, no taxes, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, how does the how does the tax portion? You, as part of your billing details, you put in your, your address and then it, what, automatically picks the correct tax locale and, char- and, and applies yeah, it? Exactly. So when you create a checkout session, you say that they have to enter their zip code, let's say. Like you can say that which fields are mandatory. Mm-hmm. So you say, yeah, they have to enter their zip code. Mm-hmm. And then because I have Stripe tax, I've configured different taxes for the different provinces and states. Okay. But you configure so that yourself? The, yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I, basically I say in which regions I have, uh, uh-huh. I have a tax ID. Okay. And then automatically they will detect, oh, they entered a zip code for this province and they calculate the tax for I that see. province. Yeah, I didn't have to say what the percentages are. I just have to say, you know, I have an ID for yeah. for this for these provinces, for this country. For- yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like we can put in our um, yeah like I'm incorporate yeah like I, I would ha- I like I have a I have a tax um, I have a tax number for Quebec and I have a tax number and I have a federal tax number. So yeah. like yeah okay I see yeah I'm not sure that uh, running checkout flows is a business that i would necessarily want to take on that's that's pretty uh pretty intense but it is interesting to think about like yeah not being able to customize hosted the the stripe hosted checkout totally yeah i mean it'd be great to not do that and or it'd be great to be able to do it but not have to write a bunch of code or whatever else and just like have yeah because it'd be kind of interesting to just be like oh yeah just build a bunch of different hosted checkouts for stripe and just deploy them, and all they do is interact with the Stripe APIs to put, to create the experience that you're after. Um, but even then, like that's not straightforward or simple. Like that's yeah. I mean, there's there's work to do there. Yeah, it's something that I need. I'm gonna need to implement for Memberro, so that I want to be able to offer whoever's using whoever is paying for Memberro and integrate it into the site a way for them to cap to to integrate with Stripe so they can easily, you know, when someone registers, they need to pay a membership fee, let's say. 
right? Or if they need to, whenever they want to add something to this table, so submit this form, they need to to pay. So like, let's say it's a job list, a, a job listing on a job board. So I'm going to have to support Stripe. And yeah, I, I'm not sure yet exactly how much integration I want to do. If it's just, no, no, just give me your Stripe API key and I'm going to create the subscription plans for you and send you to Stripe checkout. And that's it. I'm not going to do everything else. Is that something you can hire a designer for? Or like, what what's the technical limitation? Or not limitation, but like, what what's involved with it? In implementing all the those use cases? Yeah. Or, yeah, like, you need to be able to create your effect you're effectively creating a third party um checkout flow that you can give to to your customers to send their customers to um to manage their subscription is what it sounds like right well that's it you can use stripe connect so that's where it connects customers and vendors and you it allows you to to be the in the middle and take a cut um actually was not going to implement that in the first version. I was thinking just no cut, just just a simple like connect your Stripe and then that's it. We do the rest. But otherwise, I I mean in Ruby on Rails there are some some gems out there that that do a lot of all this flow like that will do all these subscription management and upgrading downgrading plans, canceling plans. So I could could just use one of those. Nice. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, I wonder what the, I wonder if there's market, if there's a market for these custom checkout flows and like how difficult they are to implement. Because um, if you're just building a custom checkout flow on top of Stripe and you're just trying to create whatever experience it is that you need. So you've got like, it, it seems almost Webflow like in its, in that there is no back end. There's really just like you're, redirecting somebody to have a visual experience on top of Stripe and you get redirected back at the end. Yeah. I wonder if, because I know there are solutions out there. There are. Oh, definitely. Like, I don't I don't remember all their names. Like Chargerify was one like decades ago where, where before Stripe had self had the hosted checkout and subscriptions. Mm-hmm. You had all these, these SaaS providers that did all of it for you. Right. But, but I think the biggest problem is then you're marketing to developers. <laughs> and I don't know. Like, I mean, I don't know. Do developers like coding all this stuff? And are you willing to give up a, a percentage of your revenue to to a third party to do it for you? Mm. But it, it seems like the kind of problem that is very acute. So it's like, I know. So it's maybe you, you just like Power Importer. You get started with the, with the Stripe Post to checkout. And then you're like, fuck, like I can't. I need this. I, I need to be able to do this. So it's like, I know I have to replace this part of the checkout flow or I have to replace this one thing. So it's like you're you're keenly aware of this one issue that you have. And like, I don't know. I mean, it's a it's a checkout flow because you have to charge on revenue. You have to like that. That is such a high pressure business. You could like you have to charge appropriately for it. I mean, I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what 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 the pricing structure would look like, but like you're running a critical piece of someone's infrastructure like you <laughs> you have to be able to accept money. Um so yeah, you got to charge appropriately. But I mean, it's interesting. I wonder if it's a big enough problem that people are like, "Oh yeah, like well I I don't know. Like 
you tell me, like at the time, th- if were things ever ugly enough inside of Power Importer that you were like, actually, I mean, I need to really think about changing the changing changing my checkout flow. Um, yeah, I mean, there was some painful code that I had to write, <laughs> and I'm still using it today. Like, because yeah, to me, my my biggest problem is is yeah, assigning subscriptions to websites because. Yeah. One of them might need the premium plan. Another one needs the the basic plan, but they chose to pay for the growth plan. So I, I just know they have a, a premium plan, a growth plan, and then I, they have sites and I have to like match them in real time. Yeah. Do you have enough subscriptions for the sites that you're trying to sync? Yeah. But um, even with the labels, I, I think I would still have to do it that way. Oh, yeah. Because the problem of the customer going to the... Stru- checkout and then upgrading the wrong one or canceling the wrong one yeah yeah because i guess the gambit there is that you that there is a perf is that that um there exists maybe a a template or pre-existing checkout flow that fits your use case perfectly um because if there had been i mean maybe it would have made the difference but maybe not yeah i mean but knowing myself how cheap i am Oh yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. I think I still would have went with this writing it myself. Sure. But that's that's a whole other subject. I don't know if all developers are cheap. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good quit. That'd be an interesting uh poll or at least thing to ask. Like do you, I wonder how you could structure a survey to get good a good answer there of like Right. Do you see yourself as cheap? No, exactly, right? If you took a random sample of the population and then compare it to developers, mm. are developers believe really cheaper than the general population? I wouldn't say. I know we, all, I mean, we always say they are, but I don't think they are. I, I, well, it's interesting. There, I, think, I think there's a facet to this of there's cheap and then there's undervaluing your own time. Yeah, I know. that. I, yeah, that's what I've heard people say. And I think there is a, there is part of that. But at the same time, do they undervalue it or they just prefer doing it? Like they love their craft so much, they prefer to do it themselves. Yeah, exactly. Even when it doesn't make sense, they're like, hell yeah. Yeah, hell yeah, I'm going to write this thing. No, exactly, right? Like anyone that like loves cooking and they they cook stuff themselves at home, it's like, is it really because you're cheaper? Because you're cheap, right? Because you could just go to a five-star restaurant and eat exactly this i don't think it's because they're cheap it's because they they love it they love cooking even though it's gonna take them hours of work and clean up and i think i suspect that's a lot what it is it's developers like they don't want to be locked into a vendor they don't they they you know like you you spend all this time learning the tool only to realize that there's something it doesn't do but like you've invested all this time learning it and now like, and your data is stuck in the tool and it's like, what do I do now? So often it's like, no, if I build it myself, that will never happen. Right. Yeah. When I'm adopting something new, I always look to see how hard is it to do myself and how popular is the alternative or how popular is this? Because most of the, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very much a herd mentality person of like, what's the default? Because like, there's no way what I'm doing or what I'm trying to do is new in any way. Like a million people before me must have tried in this and tried and tried and failed or tried and succeeded. Like I've never used Vercel 
and it's not because I I don't think it's cool. Like I I think it's pretty amazing for like twenty bucks what you can do with it. But it's the fact that once you outgrow the twenty dollar plan, it's like it's call us. There's no there's no price, right? Like that just scares me. Like it's like I don't know when that's gonna happen. I don't know how much effort it's gonna be. Like I don't know if, how much money it's gonna be. First of all, I'm like, can I can I even afford it? Like, can I be profitable at this new pricing? And uh, how much work is it going to take to to migrate elsewhere? So that that's why, like, I I never I never tried it. I mean, I, I tried it on the free plan for some free sites, but uh, yeah, that that's usually my resistance as a developer. It's like, am I going to be locked into this? Mm. Yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, it's true. Lock in is a big one because that's <laughs> that when I think about things like off, for example, like. Some of the auth solutions out there are great. Like I would never use them. Like I would <laughs> <laughs> exactly. never ever. Yeah, and it's some yeah, like the in the no code space, there's some amazing ones. Like Outseta, you know, it's not just auth. It it's also your mailing list. It's also your CRM. I think it's also your bug tracker. Like it it, it does so much. You know, so like you're gonna need all those services anyways, right? It's it's like it's a it's like a perfect offering, but I'm there. Uh, but am I going to be locked in? <laughs> you know, what if I I need to do something in the CRM and I can't? Like I or I I have a special edge case that I want to do with the with the newsletter and it doesn't support it. It's like I'd rather duct tape a bunch of things together myself. <laughs> yeah, I think these days whenever I have a problem, I'm usually reaching for open source stuff or yeah like i guess i haven't had that many problems that i've needed to pay for lately because like yeah if i can if oftentimes if there's a subscription i can pay that's less than 100 bucks a month i'm usually totally fine just dropping 100 bucks on whatever it is just to try it out is this gonna like you know i i read and research beforehand obviously but it's like okay you know it's 100 bucks like i i can play around with this for I, i can get sufficient value out of this i can play around with it yeah, for a lot of things I do too. Like for analytics, like I did not roll my own. I I just paid for for Fathom. Yeah, sure. I feel kind of locked in. <laughs> I can't, you know, there's plenty of things I can't do with it that I'd like to be able to do. And, right. But at the same time, I don't care that much about analytics. Right. It's yeah. It's funny how <laughs> it's funny what areas we're willing to be like. Oh yeah. no, lock in, intolerable versus like, eh, fuck it. Like exactly. It's like. You know what? Let's do it. I don't care if I lose that data when I switch. Whatever. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, th- this is part of the buyer behavior, right? Like, it's always going to depend on. You can't be. You can't be everything to everyone. You have to pick your pick your profiles and figure out who you can access and how they buy and understanding all that stuff. Exactly. And I'm sure in the developer space, there there are people that that spend they they value their time more. And yeah. They're not afraid to lock in. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Thank you for the information. I feel like I finally understand <laughs> this conversation we've been having over and over. All right. Cool, man. All right. I'll catch you later. Yeah. Maybe you can record a live episode in Montreal. Oh, uh, yeah. We'll be reunited. Let's go. That'd be <laughs> yes. fun. Cool. I will catch you later. All right. See ya. See ya.